Hello, and welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, episode 26. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, where we are building profitable food businesses, one product, one process, one thought at a time. Now here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannensteel. Hello, my fellow foodpreneurs. I am so happy to be with you again for another amazing podcast. And this one is going to be short and sweet and amazing and chock full of really, really good information, like all of them are. And the first thing I want to do is I would love if you could go to your podcast listening methodology of choice and leave us a five-star review. This really, really helps with the algorithm and it really helps me to get out to all the other foodpreneurs that need this work. (laughs) So I wanted to start to talk with you today, first of all, with an announcement. I'm so super proud of myself. I am a, as of, I guess, uh, uh, Sunday, March 31st, 2019. I am a certified life coach and a certified weight loss coach through the life coach school and my coach, Brooke Castillo. And I could not be more excited to be bringing all of this work to you in the podcast and in all the work I do. I am going to be bringing life coaching and food safety systems out to the foodpreneur world. And why am I doing that? Because my friends, what is going wrong in your facilities, frankly, is not lack of perfect documentation. And you know it. What's going wrong in your facilities is what's going wrong between your ears. And you know what life coaching is for? It is for working on what's going on between your ears. And if you have questions about that, I actually uh, just did an episode on this. It was episode 25 around why life coaching. But the short version is, is life coaching teaches you to manage your brain so you can manage your time, which helps with absolutely everything, most especially money, earning more of it, having more of it, and being able to use it to get things like time. So, That's what I am bringing to the foodpreneur world, to everybody out there who is growing and killing it in their business and wants to take it just that extra step further where you know you need the documentation and you know you can go to the next level by using life coaching, okay? And we do this by using something we call the model, and the model is where we have circumstances in our lives, all right? Those are the facts of the things that are going on around you, like the number of people you have working for you or your title or, you know, things that anybody could agree on. And those circumstances in our lives trigger thoughts. And mostly what we go around doing is thinking our thoughts are facts. Our thoughts are not facts. Our thoughts are thoughts. And all our thoughts are optional. And this is amazing news, my friends, because it means that you have the power to feel better about everything at your fingertips because it's your thoughts that create your feelings. Every feeling you have ever had is because of a thought. And then your feelings create all your actions, and your actions create results. And one of the reasons I became a life coach is because 
I am so excited to deliver the transformational work to the foodpreneur community that I myself have experienced in my life as a foodpreneur. Because of course I'm a foodpreneur too, right? I work in food, around food, with food, and with other food folks, and that makes me a foodpreneur. And I cannot wait to deliver this transformative work to absolutely everybody. It's been amazing. I drink a fraction of what I used to drink. As a matter of fact, in the power group in April, we are actually doing stop over drinking. And I'm going to be offering that course uh, to the wider world. So if you want to take that, look for that coming in May. I have lost more than 50 pounds, folks, which has been absolutely amazing. I feel better than I ever have in my entire life. I am parenting better. I am a better spouse. I am a better boss. I'm a better consultant. I'm an overall better, happier human being because I hired a life coach and I'm so excited to bring that to the foodpreneur world. So I do this by helping you understand your thoughts. Okay. And I use my strive model, which everybody's heard me talk about to help you pull yourself out of confusion and into curiosity about what you're thinking. And so of course, strive stands for safe, trained, respected, invested in, valued, and empowered. And if you ask yourself powerful questions around whether or not you're safe to solve a problem, if you're trained to solve a problem, if you have the respect needed of yourself, of your coworkers uh, to solve the problem, if you've made the right investments in solving a problem, do you value solving the problem? Like this is often a key one. Like do you care whether or not you solve it? And then finally, are you empowered to stand in fear and discomfort to solve your problems? And that's what we do around here. And so today we're talking about that epically exciting topic, traceability and lotting, all right? And I go into a lot of facilities. And one of the easiest ways for me to tell if this facility has its act together is to look and see how they lot their work in progress inventory. The facilities that have it together, they have all of their WIP inventory lotted. So work in progress or WIP inventory. They have it all lotted. They have specifications. They have timeframes when it's supposed to be moved and be put into use. The facilities that are working on it know that they can trace their WIP if they need to, but they aren't right now. They don't have specifications for WIP, but they have incoming product specs and outgoing product specs. And the facilities that are really struggling, they don't do internal lotting at all, and they struggle to understand their own inventory. They don't have specs for outgoing material, let alone anything else. And how do I know how folks are doing just based on their WIP lotting? Because whip lotting is very easy not to do. Whip lotting is one of those things that, may, that no one makes you do unless you're already SQF or BRC. And by that time, you want to be doing it. Whip lotting is one of those things that separates out those who are living into the future with their business because it presupposes that you're going to need to track inventory forward and backwards someday. It is one of the main differences between someone who's cooking and someone who's manufacturing. Wait, cooking versus manufacturing? Yeah. Cooking is creative. It is ad hoc and it is beautiful. Manufacturing 
is planned and controlled and has planned changes and innovation. And in my estimation, it is also beautiful in its own way. But part of the beauty of manufacturing is in the constraint. It's the difference between a Jackson Pollock, which is executed amazingly, but in a very different fashion than a mandrain, okay? Jackson Pollock is like cooking and a mandrain is like manufacturing. Go look at the differences between those two, okay? Planned chaos versus planned constraint. That's the difference. And to be efficient, you must plan constraint in your manufacturing. And I know this can kill the souls of so many foodpreneurs to some degree, but my friends, that suffering is completely optional. What if there was the possibility of less anxiety and sleeping better because of knowing where all your inventory is at any given time or being able to track your inventory costs? Foodpreneurs, think of how much time and money you could save. Constraining down to a lotting system is a beautiful thing because you get to stop thinking about your inventory. Folks, what else could you be doing with that time? Because that's where you fall into the rabbit hole. And I see you all do it. I tell you that you need to be able to trace food, ingredients, packaging, labels, and the sanitation of all the stuff that touches that food. And your eyes, I see you, they glaze in panic because you are all thinking somewhere in theme and variations around one, that's too much work, two, I'll never get it done, or three, there are too many moving parts. Clean that up, my friends. Go through a bottle. Go through models. Take each one of those thoughts that you may think, all right, pull out stride and get curious about what you're thinking about your inventory and lotting process. So let's pull out a stride model and go through that. Are you physically safe to figure out if your inventory is all lotted? because I have been in some of your places and I have been in places where the answer is no. I have been in places where the contents of the freezer may literally fall on someone's head and hurt them if they tried to figure this out. Are you financially safe or are you afraid of telling yourself the truth about your own inventory because you know how much money is tied up in it? Are you emotionally safe to tell yourself the truth about your inventory? Or are you going to use this process to find new and inventive ways to beat yourself up? Foodpreneurs, you cannot beat yourself into the possibility of wealth and community. Next, are you trained in lotting? And if you're not, stay tuned, my friends, because we are covering that next. The R in Strive stands for respect. Do you respect the product and the process enough to do the lotting? Or are there thoughts there in your head that the process is so messed up you can't lot anyway. Um, have you invested the time to manage your brain and your inventory system? Those things take time, talent, and treasure. Have you put that in? Do you actually value doing this or are you more invested in winging it and the story that winging it 
tells you and the adrenaline rush that you get when you have to figure it out. Okay, you may be more committed to that outcome than to an outcome of having a tidy and predictable lotting system. Know that about yourself if that's the case. And then finally, are you empowered to stand in fear and discomfort around your lotting and inventory to get this done? Are you willing to stand in your truth? Do your thought work. Figure out where you are and give yourself the opportunity to come from amazing possibility this week around your lotting and your inventory. And what does that sound like? Well, it sounds much more like thoughts around, it's possible for me to understand my WIP inventory. There are companies my size who can do this. I can lot my WIP inventory. Lotting inventory helps me be in service to my clients. What if you tried those thoughts on for size and see where you get? If you commit to stop wallowing in your overrealm around lotting right now, I promise you can get this done. And so here's the crazy part. My trace and lotting SOP is ridiculously simple. This stuff does not have to be complicated. So I'm going to go through it with you, and I promise we are almost done with the podcast. That's how simple this lotting is, okay? So first part of the procedure, lot numbers will be assigned a date code, all right? You can use any code that you want. The date codes I use are as follows. I use a two-digit year, so the two-digit year is 1-9, and a Julian date, all right? And so the Julian date starts with January 1st is 001, January 2nd is 002, January 3rd is 003. You get it. You can Google Julian dating, all right? Two-digit year and a Julian date. That's all most of you need, Next, lot numbers will be recorded on the trace and lotting log and on the production sheets or make sheets at the start of production of each lot. Okay, so you take your ingredients, you record their lot numbers on your make sheet or your production sheet or your traveler or whatever you want to call it. Okay, your make sheets will lot the record of all ingredients. Ingredient lots will be recorded on receiving and storage logs. Okay, some of my clients put lot numbers on their bills of lading and use their bills of lading as receiving and storage logs. That works for almost everybody who is not fisheries HACCP with a receiving CCP and anybody who has a supply chain preventive control. But other than that, put your lot numbers on your receiving and storage log and then just make sure it gets transferred to your make sheets um, or production sheets, all right? Records will be maintained for a period of time that exceeds the shelf life and expected use of the product and at least the length of time specified in regulations and or industry standards concerning record retention. If you want to be safe and you're going SQF or BRC, just keep it for three years. Finally, incoming work in progress and final product will all be lauded. The end. That is it, my friends. You can make it more complicated by adding in packaging, and if you're going to go SQF or BRC, you are totally going to need to do that. The biggest issue around trace and lotting is make sure you know where all your raw materials went and where they stopped in your factory as work in progress, and then where they went after that and to which clients or customers or distribution or however you did that. This is so easy, and I'm not going to give you any excuses not to do this. You have to do this. So go to www.sfbdi.com 
slash episode 26. Download the Trace and Lotting SOP, my friends. Do it. That's what we have for you this week. It's short. It's sweet. Go make sure you're doing lotting and traceability. Have a fabulous week, my fellow foodpreneurs. Hey, foodpreneurs. Have you thought about joining that power group and you're not really sure how to do it as a corporation? Well, I have super news for you. Starting this month, we are actually having corporate subscriptions to the power group where up to five people can join the power group. Y'all get workbooks, you get access to the membership site, access to the calls, emails to me to ask questions uh, so that you can come together and grow as a group. And I'm offering this super amazing value at just like, I mean, 50% off of the regular price. So five people from your corporation can join up with the power group for only $5.97 a month. It's super amazing. I would love to see you there. And if you want to join up, you can go to www.sfbdi.com slash power group and click on that second button on the page that says I'm interested in a corporate subscription and it'll take you right through there. Thanks so much. Have a beautiful day. You've been listening to Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele on the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast. We hope you loved the show. For more information and show notes, please find us at sfbdi.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.